0: This is an All Ears English Podcast, episode 232 What You Must Know About Interviews in the United States. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, downloaded more than 5 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection. You'll finally get real native English conversation with your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. Today, you're going to meet... Italki teacher, Brad C., and he is going to give you a framework to use to ace the behavioral interview in the United States to get your dream job. Are you on our email list yet? Join more than 5,000 other All Ears English listeners and make sure you don't miss any of our amazing All Ears English episodes. Get on our list now and we'll send you a weekly summary of the most exciting and interesting All Ears English moments every week. These episodes are hot. So go to allearsenglish.com slash hot. That's allearsenglish.com slash H-O-T. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. I'm excited because today we have a really interesting guest. Our guest today is an English teacher with real experience in the business world in sales and marketing and has an undergraduate degree from NYU and has created business English training materials for Wall Street Institute. He's been an in-house business English trainer for large companies like Siemens, Deutsche Post, DHL, and E-A-D-S. Our guest today is italki teacher Brad C. Welcome, Brad. How are you today?
1: Hi, Lindsay. I'm well. Nice to be with you.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. So we are excited to talk with you because you actually have a real experience in the business world. Sometimes it's hard to find business English teachers who have actually worked in the business world.
1: Well, it was a uh, long time coming to the uh, English teaching profession. I always thought it was an interesting idea, but I was working and I had uh, interesting jobs and I would get transferred to new jobs and new cities. And then finally, after about 15 years of doing it, I said, I've got to try this and just get it out of my system. So I went for one year uh, in 1997 and was an English teacher in South Korea. And at the end of that year, I came back to America and I said, okay, I know I want to do this for the rest of my life now. I found my true profession, (laughs) but I need to know how to do it correctly. So I got my master's degree in teaching Mm -hmm. English as a second language at Seattle University. And after that, Mm -hmm. I came to Europe and that's what I've been doing ever since.
0: Excellent. It's so nice when you find your calling, isn't it, Brad? Better late than never. (laughs) That's right. So Brad... I'm excited to talk to you today about interviewing, because I know that a lot of our listeners here at All Ears English, you know, they're interested sometimes in getting a job in the U.S. or in the U.K., and I know that you're going to let us know about some key differences between an American and a British interview versus an interview in other parts of the world, right?
1: Yes, Lindsay. What normally happens in an American and British interview is that it's focused partly on skills and technical questions about uh, what have you done in the past in your job uh, with your training. But there's another part of it that's known as a behavioral interview. And Mm. this is a situation where they are trying to find out what kind of team player you would be and even what kind of potential leader you might be for them because companies make a big investment in their staff. They want to see if there's somebody who could possibly grow with the job and become a manager or more. Now, Asians and even most Europeans aren't familiar with this style of interview. They're typically focused in their interviews on education, training, skills, technical achievements and so forth. But these mm. kinds of questions are very often asked uh, in uh, Western or at least American c- scenarios. And you will find that uh, they can be very difficult even for a native speaker.
0: Yeah. And oh, that's so interesting. It reminds me of a student that we had in, for my other company who was applying for a job with Google and she was preparing. She had heard about this behavioral interview thing and she was preparing all these responses to these crazy questions. What kind of questions specifically would they be likely to ask in a behavioral interview, Brad?
1: Well, I I grabbed three to share with you because these are very typical. Uh, Here's one. Tell us about the most difficult or frustrating individual that you've ever had to work with and how you managed to work with them.
0: Ooh, that's a big question.
1: (laughs) Could be a coworker, a customer, a boss. Uh, So you have to think about the different kinds of answers there. Another one would be sometimes it is essential that we break out of our routine or normal way of doing things to complete a new task. Give an example of when you were able to successfully develop a new approach.
0: Oh, wow. Let's go back to the first question because I want to go through three different typical behavioral interview questions. And figure out what, what the interviewers are looking for so that our listeners could use that strategy when they go into a behavioral interview. So the first question, Brad, what the what is the most difficult person or who is the most difficult person you've worked with and what did you do? What are the interviewers looking for here in your response?
1: What they're trying to see is that you were able to convince the other person or, per, or inspire the other person to rise above the problem that they might have. And it might be a problem with you or another coworker. It might be a problem with the task itself. They feel like it's the wrong thing to be doing or that it's uh, impossible to do and they're very afraid that it's going to look bad for them. So the idea is to try to show them that they need to get on board with the team and make this happen despite any reservations they might have. And the idea is that you manage them, you influence them, you get them to do what they need to do. Or if it's in Mm. the case of a superior, that you find a way to work with him or her so that it doesn't cause a problem for the company.
0: Okay. So if our listeners are answering that question in the interview, would they want to focus on their process with working with that person? Like what they did first once they realized the problem was there?
1: Well, actually, I tell everybody to find use the same approach for all of these questions.
0: And Mm, that's really the
1: secret here, is that they need to tell the story in a way that's like a movie. So they need to tell their interviewer about, A, what was the situation and the desired goal? What were we trying to accomplish in this situation? B... What was the problem with the person or with the task or with the deadline, whatever it may be? And number three, how was it resolved in a way that allowed the project to move forward successfully? So you have to try to formulate it in this way and try to do it in about three minutes.
0: Right, right, because we don't want to talk too much and overwhelm the interviewer. That's a really nice framework that our listeners can apply to all of these common questions. I like that.
1: And what they need to do, and this is where the practice comes in, and it's actually I, I tell them to come back after a week and spend that week thinking about their entire job history and reviewing everything that happened in all their different jobs and try to remember difficult situations, projects, people, from all these different jobs, and then start to think in these three steps. What was the situation? What was the problem? And how did we find a way to fix it? And then we practice together with getting them to put it into about one minute for each part so that they can tell the story like a bedtime story or like a movie. And at the end of it, you see, okay, here's what the problem was. Here's how my guy solved it.
0: I like it. And which part of this Framework do your students struggle with the most?
1: I think it's the resolution part because they will often feel like it uh, wasn't resolved because of them. And Mm. what I tell them is that take a little more credit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, especially in an interview, right? (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) Uh, And show where, whatever steps you uh, took, whatever contributions you made to solving this problem. Are worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, this is a really nice tight framework and why are these questions not used in different parts of the world? Do you know?
1: My understanding from talking especially to the Asian students is that those interviews are very much focused on the CV or resume and mm-hmm. on technical uh, experiences and they might, I might even give them a test uh, to, av- mm. you know, can you do this thing that you say you are trained to do, and then if you're, you can do it, fine, you'll work fine for us. I think, okay. again, that the Americans and the British are looking more for people that are going to be good team players and are going to be good uh, managers down the line. It may be in Asia that people are trained to be team players, and it's not so much mm. of a of an issue.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. So what would be this one of the one of the other common questions you said you had three common questions that our listeners are likely to encounter in an interview what was the second one
1: the the second one was about uh, how do you find a a new way to do something when the old way doesn't work when were you creative in the job and the third okay. one was uh, an interesting one because it's it's often asked and that is how do you go about scheduling your time prioritizing your time when you have a very tight deadline when you have a very uh, you know quick turnaround for a project how do you find the time and how do you get the job done
0: okay and is this another time when we could use that framework that you mentioned exactly. for example, describing the situation. So the idea of being super specific is is what I'm pulling out of this, right? Going back to an example, not just saying, oh, I usually do this or I sometimes do this. It's about telling a story.
1: Yeah, you can say, in fact, I had a situation like that two years ago where we had to do blah, blah, blah in this amount of time. And what I did was I gave some of my work to other people so that I could focus on the task and get it done on time.
0: Mm, I like that. Oh, this is so useful. I really hope that some of our listeners have a chance to apply this framework and use it in their next interview. I mean, some of them might have an interview coming up this week. Who knows? Is there any aspect of nonverbal communication that, that sticks out in your mind as being different in the U.S.? Versus the rest of the world, it's kind of hard to generalize, but is there anything that comes to your mind in terms of non-verbals when we're in an interview in the U.S.?
1: Well, of course, a lot of that is cultural. And I think Mm -hmm. that uh, with uh, Western interviewers, they're looking for uh, a lot of confidence. They're looking for people who are leaning forward, not uh, uh, sitting back with their uh, legs crossed, uh, people who are smiling a great deal and seem Mm -hmm. to be eager to answer the question rather than just doing it as, a, as if they're being filling out an application.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Smiling is a big one. Oh, this is fantastic. So as we start to wrap this up, Brad, do you have any final points of advice for our listeners about how to attack the interview if they're interviewing in the U.S.?
1: Well, I would say that if you can come up with as many of these kind of stories as possible and have them really clear in your head, re- loaded up and ready to use, that the same story can answer many different kinds of questions. It may mm. be a question about a problem with, with a project, it may be a question about a problem with a person, but it could be the same story. So clearly the more stories you have, the better you'll be able to answer different kinds of questions. The nice thing about this, Lindsay, is that I've always asked these students, because I do a, a a lot of this, and I've always asked them, tell me what happened in the real interview after you have it, and if it was helpful. Mm. and consistently they've reported that it, they actually were asked these kinds of questions and they were almost you know happy because they had prepared for it and then they yeah. you know they have their answers ready to go and they get the job
0: oh awesome yeah awesome well that, that's a great testimonial right there and so for that reason you know we want to recommend if you guys want to work on this not by yourself it's often good to work with a teacher and we know that Brad we know you're a teacher at italki right yes indeed Okay, so guys, if you want to have a chance to actually work with Brad, if you have an interview coming up, or if you want to improve your business English skills, you can work with him on italki. But in order to get our special deal that we've worked out with italki, you need to go to allearsenglish.com slash italki, that's I-T-A-L-K-I, and you'll get $10 off your second lesson with Brad. And Brad, after our listeners go to that special link, how can they find you after they've registered?
1: Well, the easiest way to do it is to type at the top where it says search for people and type my first name, Brad, that's Mm -hmm. Bravo, Romeo, Alpha, Delta, and then a space, and then the letter C for Charlie, and that's it. And if you hit that, it will bring up my picture and link to my page, and then you can look at my special interviewing and uh, CV review uh, package, uh, which will allow you to focus just on that with me.
0: Oh, interesting! So there aren't too many teachers over there who are doing a focused interview package. That's really cool. That's really cool, and I bet a lot of our listeners are going to get some use out of that. So, so guys, head on over if you're preparing for an interview. Head on over to work with Brad. And Brad, thanks so much for coming on the show today. This is really interesting, this framework. I haven't I hadn't heard this before, so I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Lindsay. And I tell you of all the training I do, this is extremely satisfying because you really feel like you've helped somebody improve his or her life by getting a better job. And it's it's a great thrill for me.
0: Oh, that's huge. We're glad to hear that. Thanks so much for your work in this field, Brad. My pleasure. Thank you for have a good day.
1: You too. Bye bye.
0: If you believe in connection, not perfection, and you want to put your ears into English more often, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, on your computer, or on your smartphone. And hey, if you liked today's show, please let us know with a review in iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.